In this episode, I'm talking to Ian Minton, CEO of Happy Drinks Co. Ian has an interesting story as to why he started Happy Drinks Co. Happy Drinks Co. talk about being on a mission, a mission to revolutionise the soft drinks industry, eradicating the need for artificial sweeteners by giving people natural choices that are full of flavour and free of restriction. Ian, welcome to the Zeus Founder and Chief Podcast. Thanks, Paul. Great to be here. Two Liverpoolians sat on Mayfair. We've not done too bad, have we? Uh, not, not too bad at all. Right. I want to dive straight into your own personal story first before we um, talk about the business in detail. Why did you start Happy Drinks Co? Uh, I suppose um, the, the, the real story for, for the Happy Drinks Co is, is, is based around time. For, well, get the violin out. It's uh, for a story of health for me. So at 23, I was diagnosed um, with type 1 diabetes uh, pretty much overnight experience uh, had all the symptoms but um, didn't quite understand what was going on with my body okay. um think back i'm 40 approaching 41 now full of alcopops 23 it was a you know a great time for for sugar and and enjoying life and then pretty much overnight it was um it was a it was a game-changing time for me in terms of what what happened and what I needed to do with um, simple things. So diet at 23 mm-hmm. is, is something that you don't really consider. Um, so going from a normal life, uh, consuming food, drink with, with sugar into quite quite strict um, diet foods, diet drinks, uh, I found uh, over the years that the, there wasn't many options. So that stimulated my, my thoughts, um, as you do as with Google. You think, oh, how, how can I make a drink? Uh, quite quickly, uh, that went from a from an idea and a, a and a bit of a Google search to to where we are today, um, and uh, it's it's now quite a significant business um, on a on a real mission, as you mentioned in the intro, um, to get rid of artificial sweeteners, which were where I found myself um, having to play in. So it was diet drinks, chemical sweeteners, um, lack of flavour. Uh, no real choice, um, and and that's where where we started Happy Drinks Co. Okay, thank you. I know obviously about the business. I know a little bit because you've helpfully educated me yeah. in terms of plant based ingredients, etc. Talk to me about stevia. Why stevia is particularly important for Happy Drinks Co. Um, I think stevia is probably the the, the most important part of our business, uh, the natural side of the business. Uh, when I started out this this mission, it was to make flavoursome drinks, and the options were zero calories, so zero sugar. It would have been artificial sweeteners, what what I often reference chemical sweeteners. Um, so stevia was new, the new kid on the block in in 2011, 2012, and that was uh, quite quite a considerable time ago when I started to play with this idea. Um, stevia hasn't been as simple a, a trade to put into drinks so take what is stevia then to help us help us learn it's it's a plant um it's uh it's a plant that's 300 times sweeter than sugar um so if you think of uh of sugar being one plant uh, that, that will provide that sweetness it's stevia is a similar similar plant to sugar uh, to sugar canes grown in similar environments um but it's it doesn't give you that calorie count, so it doesn't give you the the, the blood sugar change and okay. things like that. So it's a, it is it's a natural plant. Um, the way it's extracted is is um, is taken from different parts of the leaf to to give you different types of sweetness. Yeah. Okay. So how did you first start learning about stevia? 
so stevia was put um, to me by uh, a flavor house um, that was it was a new thing uh, in 2012 um, for the EU uh, it's been it's been in in drinks and food across the world for for many many years um, but in the EU it was only only given its its legal status in 2012 what interested me about it was it was the natural offering um, and that's that's why I was so interested um, seeing how that worked with drinks has been quite difficult so it's been a, it's been a journey for us to get something to work quite well okay uh, why taste or ability yeah to ma- mainly spot. taste reputation um big big businesses have done it before coca-cola have tried it um tropicana and it, it hasn't worked it's failed so they've just taken sugar out and put stevia in okay. that's not something that we do we're, we're looking and and we we use uh i'd probably say we use sugar as a bit of a role model in terms of flavor and taste so we all like sugar um what we don't want is the calorie side of it so we use sugar as the benchmark and we try and achieve as close as as we can to that sugar-like taste um it is different uh, it's a different different profile but we're getting closer and closer to seeing something that really does work right and, and without trying to land you in any potential hot water then why is sweetness so bad I think it's a matter of opinion. I mean, we've seen a, a lot of um, a lot of papers recently saying, uh, you know, studies have been done in universities to to just tell us what is in these sweetness. Uh, you know, I, th- I think it's a simple choice. The world that we live in today, we shouldn't have to have artificial products in our bodies. Um, yeah, there's there's natural uh, opportunities. You know, I'm just one of them. We create we create drinks with with a natural sweetener. Um, you know, I, I think. Something I read a couple of days back was 2.2 million people in the UK are currently having sweeteners, artificial sweeteners, up to four times a day and not even realising they're doing it. Okay. You know, it's in our toothpaste. Yep. It's in chewing gum. It's in our soft drinks. So you think you're doing right by having a diet option and really you're, you're taking a natural option and replacing it with something chemical or, or artificial. That That baffles me in today's age, especially when you consider where and what we're doing and who we're giving it to so you know we're, we're looking to our children our our loved ones our friends our family and we're thinking we're doing right mm-hmm. and actually i i firmly believe we're not you know if if i ask you the simple question now what would you rather have natural or chemical or artificial surely your answer is going to be natural um i'll ask you what is it it's natural yeah, yeah. so you know that the, the, this is something that that scares me a little um and what we've seen with the sugar levy, um, there's a new uh, a, a new legislation coming in, or is in now, called HFSS, which is High Fat Sugar and Salts. It's the government's way of stopping these uh, high sugar products being sold or promoted. And the way in which the big boys are, are, are winning is swapping out sugar for artificial sweeteners. And we'll see for the first time in a long time, you know, Coca-Cola now, the traditional original can that we've seen, is being outperformed now by Coke Zero. Um, So artificial sweeteners are winning, sugar is now losing, and that's because of the taxes. So their investments are going into this artificial um, sweetened world, which I just don't see, uh, A, sustainable for the human. Uh, And right, you know, it doesn't doesn't feel right. We're we're in 2022 and we have electric-powered cars that can go up and down the country. Surely we've got to start focusing on our bodies too. No, get it. Get it. You're definitely preaching to the converted here um so give me a bit of background in terms of um some of the sort of core ingredients or at least the 
if I call it sort of a you know, quote unquote agenda um, that is that is around this particular subject. Let's dive into the business then. Talk, and you can either go step by step, or you could do it by brand launch or any sort of milestones that you've hit. Educators around the journey that you've been on, um, from the startup to where you are today, and any brands or retailers, like say milestones that you've hit along the journey. Yeah, I think um, I think it's been a journey. Uh, there's still a long way to go as well. Uh, and as any startup, uh, you you you're faced with different challenges every day. Um, one of our biggest challenges for us uh, was we were successful with a brand concept uh, to, to probably too early. Um, okay. So what I mean by that is the the brand, so our first brand, Skinny Tonic, um, give you a bit of context on that. I know you know this, but it's a, a mixer, so a tonic. So if you think of Schweppes, Slimline, Fever Tree, um, it's, a, it's a mixer for what was at the time aiming for the gin market. Mm-hmm. Um, Brand was great. Look and feel was great. You know, you'll see us on our website, or if you see a product, it's a very clean, different uh, approach to it. So it's not very what I'd call stuffy. Um, so it's a modern approach to it: clean, simple colours, um, and really nice flavours. Back when we started, we probably didn't have the flavours right, but okay. the brand concept looked great. So we were we were probably targeting um, more. I mean, I I don't think this is the right word, but I. I more functional medicinal purposes than enjoyable gin and tonic purposes okay. um, so you would look at you know, the people that were looking at calorie counting diets yeah yeah, um, okay. yeah makes, that makes sense yeah. and that's where we won um, where we lost was I would I would say it was a 5 or 6 out of 10 in terms of flavour and, and sugar like delivery jumping around a little bit then as in where you are today or you probably recognised at the time but realised where I recognised it at the time um and we were trying to achieve more each day. Um, that's four years ago now. Yep. Um, we've spent the last four years, uh, and we will for the next four years, challenge everything we do daily. Okay. Um, so we want to be better all the time, and that's in, in, in whatever we do. So that journey started um, really well. So we were listed in 300 stores in, in Asda. Um, couldn't be happier when, when we received that. Um, next challenge was that that period when we got listed um quite quite a shock to me at the time was how uh, naive i was in terms of supply so if you think back a couple of years where plastic bottles all of a sudden became the enemy you know single use plastics were were seen to be don't use that don't use that what that meant for us we were launching in aluminium cans so where i thought i had the supply chain all locked down when we actually got to the order from us then I said, right guys, can you make this for us now? They said, yeah, we can next year. Right. Said, but we're in January now. He said, yeah, you're going to be 18 months before you can get on the line. And I assume if you get an order from a customer such as Asda, it's what? Well, in it, store next month? Kind yeah, of thing, so we, we got sort of notification in January um, and it was launching in March. So okay. it was, we had probably 40, 45 days to, to get the product made and delivered and shipped um and it was amazing to think that we went we'd won this listing um and we're gonna fail you know it was it was all these highs and lows of a startup so as you do um with no knowledge of manufacturing you go out and try and invest in a canning line and and that's exactly what we did we 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 got a a what what now is quite a slow line six thousand cans an hour at the time didn't feel feel slow we managed to get it up and set up in about 35 days. 
Okay. Um, and that was from shaking hands on a unit which felt huge at the time at 6,000 square foot. This would be in Liverpool, yeah? It was, yeah, right next to the uh, entry race course. Okay. Um, so great views of the, of the National. Um, it, what I remember the day I walked in with the, key, the keys for the first time and I thought, wow, you know, you could fit, a, fo- <laughs> fit, fit a football pitch in here. Um, you couldn't quite quickly realise that. But we set, we set out, we, we achieved our goal, we got onto the store uh, shelves and we started to see a, a reasonable rate of sale. Um, what what happened quite quickly after that was we realised that we because of the the noise that had been made, we started to have people come to us. When I say people, um, it's probably the best thing that ever happened. There's a, a company called Synergy, um, so it's our our current flavour house, and they approached us and said, "Look, can we work with you? Uh, we love the idea." Um, and we then spent well, and we still do now a long time working on flavours. That's when it opened my eyes to see how poor our product probably was for the masses. Okay. So people were accepting it for its calorie or lack of calorie um, benefit, but um, but flavour was missing. I thought. Um, then we. So the re- principal reason at that time you probably felt was that calorie zero. Yeah, so okay. zero was the king, um, and flavours probably sacrificed. Um, and the stevia, the type of stevia um, we were using, wasn't the stevia that we now use. Um, so we've learned a lot from them. I won't bore you about that, but uh, if you think about if you think about the product that we were using then, uh, it, was a, it was a stevia called Reb A, um, and the, the stevia now is called Reb M. Um, the price difference is probably three times difference, and the extraction system is totally different. So we now know exactly what we're doing with which part of the leaf to get the nicest, sweetest taste without any of the downside. So moving from then, we, um, we then realized that we had a, a canning line that was probably too big for the, for the volume that we were delivering. So we had 80% capacity. Um, what do you do with 80% capacity? We fell across a conversation with Lidl, um, Lidl UK stores, and they wanted a tonic, um, and we, we made the tonic. Uh, and then we quite quickly realized that, you know, we're, we're in this manufacturing world now. Mm-hmm. Um, that took a different direction then for the whole business. So, yeah, so you're sort of touching on two different parts of the business then, aren't you? Absolutely. Sort of like your own product yeah. and then producing product for other people. Yeah, and the two totally different types of way of operating. Did you split the business into two? Or? No, the business stayed as one. So you know, the business is as, as it was then, as, as is now. Um, uh, it, it felt very much a split. So you know, you had you know, one hat on working for for a for a retailer yep. and one was a brand um and the, and it works different it still works different today you know you you have passion about both sides of the business but obviously the brands are your baby so yeah, yeah. that's what we what we really focus on and, and 23 will 2023 will be the the year of our brands so go on touching the brands and which is going to be a sort of later question for, for me but whilst we're here how many brands have you Got in your in your current portfolio. What's the hardest part of developing a new product or new brand? Um, I think the hardest part then versus now um, was was people. You know, having the right people at the right time, doing the right thing, um, developing a flavour. Now, in my opinion, is the is the most fun. We've got one brand um, which is stays true to our mission, um, but it does have sugar in, uh, which is a brand called Eden Bay. Um, it's now the third biggest um, tonic in the UK and Ireland. In, sorry, in UK and Ireland in terms of retail sales. So oh, wow. we, we uh, 
yeah, it was a cra- crazy brand because we don't invest in it from a marketing perspective. Um, it caters for the for the budget end of the market. Um, it's a it's a fantastic product. You know, um, all the all the same ingredients as the best products out there. Yeah. Um, it, we sell a can of Eden Bay every one point three seconds, which which is quite yeah. a shock. Yeah, yeah. quite a shock. Um, and it's it's an established brand now. It's it's a bit of a curveball because we we didn't see it coming. And we'll um, buy the same. Uh, so it's currently available in Lidl, um, Asda, Iceland stores, uh, Home Bargain, um, B&M Bargain. So it's it's around that. It's a, you know by my own admission, it's it's taking the the market leaders fever tree yeah. and making a, a replica budget version yeah, well, um, for the masses. What we focused on with that though was quality. So we we did you know we've made a product that is quality, um, and so we don't invest in marketing. So it's the the marketing is the price, and it works. What I'm passionate, about, well, most passionate about is the is the USP side. So the brands that are unnaturally sweetened. Uh, we've now got three brands that I can talk about that you all know and see. One that's in development. Um, so Skinny Tonic, uh, which we've recently rebranded into what is now known as Skinny. Um, so we've we've took all the feedback over over the last two years, um, during which time. COVID hit, which we, we, we managed to get a lot of online feedback, which is great. So I think I think as it is now, we're still the highest reviewed uh, mixer in the UK on Trustpilot uh, with a 4.7 out of 5, okay. um, which is great. I think we've got just under 1,700 re- uh, reviews on there. We split that out now with the feedback that we've got from our consumer base. So we've got your traditional older demographic tonic with quinine, yeah. um, then the mixer range, which is more of the, the younger millennial Gen Z um, typically don't want that bitter taste okay. and then we've got the ginger um, the, well the two gingers now so uh, great brand really great brand love it um, our hero brand yeah. um, and, and what we stand true to launching this year uh, well sorry in, in 2023 in an aluminium bottle which is going to be really exciting oh, okay. so focusing on the on trade for, for 23 um, next we've got one which which it makes me smile. You can't not. Uh, Happy Soda. Uh, we partnered with the iconic Smiley. Um, so if you know or don't know Smiley, but you'll see them on pretty much every fashion collaboration across the world. Um, from what recently Richard Mille watches, uh, celebrating the 50th anniversary to Machino, Dior. I think you're more fashionable than me. Yeah, well, I'm definitely not looking at the way you're dressed today. So. <laughs> but um, yeah, so um, great brand. This, I mean, this is uh, focused at the mainstream sodas. And I, I'll tell you an honest story now, and it's something that's shocked me. So Coke Zero was my sort of almost addiction. Um, so I'd be drinking between six and ten cans a day, and that, that, is, that is honest. I think the last time we met, I had one in, in your office or two. Um, it's it's quite scary. So I was that that guy um, having all the artificial sweeteners. We launched or we manufactured the first products off the line of Happy Soda, uh, eight flavors, um, and they're all lemonades, orangeades, that type of you know full of flavor type um, product. We launched probably six weeks ago. I haven't had a can of Coke Zero in six weeks, and it's not out choice as in you know i'm not gonna do it i'm not gonna do it with this at my disposal now it's the it's it's changed my life genuinely changed my life so now i can have fruit flavored products without having to take insulin um you know i don't do we touch on the fact that i'm type 1 diabetic um i suppose that's the 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 story that we, we talked about earlier but 
it really is you know i would have to take if i had a, a, an orange juice for example simple orange juice i would have to check my sugars and then take insulin which is just a nightmare when you're having a drink you just want to refresh yourself so now i'm back in that world from when i was 22 23 i can pretty much do as i please when i'm drinking happy soda skinny tonic that's incredible. um so you know that's important to me um yeah. in my own personal story that's powerful it also plays into so many different stories. So it's not just about diabetics. It's about people, you know, yourself, um, you're a very healthy person. If you're a little bit bored of water, you can you can dip into an orangeade or a lemonade and still get that real flavoursome delivery um, without any of the nasties. And then I suppose one of the most, well, potential, um, I think, potential game changer, if you think about this, our children, you know, the the next generation we're still giving them products and i won't mention names but i'm sure you know um products that have you know I, I checked before just before we came in here um a product that's got 11 different ingredients in ours has four ours are 100 percent natural four or five of theirs in their ingredients list are artificial so i said i wouldn't i will Fruit shoot. Let's take fruit shoot for example. We've got a product launching in January, uh, partnered with the the iconic uh, emoji brand, uh, emoji DRNK. We're launching in four flavors: 100% RPET, so 100% recycled plastic bottles. Um, target audiences sort of three to ten. Um, we all know what fruit shoot is. We all see it at all the different parties, um, school lunch boxes. We have no idea what's in them. You know, and and I, I'm not going to make this about about fruit shoot, but about what we're doing is we're we're being very transparent now. If we're going to be honest and transparent to ourselves, surely we want to make sure what we're giving our kids is is good um, and clear and honest. So a product that launches for us in January, which I think is going to change certainly the the school markets, um, is full of flavour again, hundred percent natural, zero artificial anything. So you know what you're getting with us is a really good product. Uh, Sweet. I, w- I wanted to, this is one of my questions again. I, I mean, I'm, I'm to scratch off most of my questions because you're kind of talking them for me. But this is one I, I did want to pause and spend some time on. So I've had your prototypes, mm-hmm. the um, the emoji product, and I, I gave them to, to my boys. So first and foremost, unless you've changed the sort of look and feel of them, so it's a purely transparent Yep. So it looks like water. So the kids immediately think, oh, yeah. water. Boring. And it wasn't. It had whatever flavours that, that it was that yeah. um, that you gave us at the time. And I think to myself, and I was a parent, whether you're going through one of the, you know, the um, supermarkets and you're trying to... Because you don't always want to give your children just water because, you know, I'm conscious and I'm aware of what, what you give your kids. But in the same breath, you know, you want them to have a little bit of flavour or something. Tend to stay away from fizzy drinks for obvious reasons. My, my children are only young. But you end up in the same kind of products that, that you've mentioned. And it was only then from having met you, you know, you um careful not to swear, but you suddenly think, Christ, you know, there's some there's some baddies in, in some of these products. Yeah. What you're trying to do here will provide children with a nice drink, which will give parents the I'm not just giving them water. So therefore they sort of can look themselves in the mirror. Conscience kind of can be clear here a little bit. But we'll also go to a bigger theme here where we all read headlines about obesity levels and your own diabetes experience. Surely this is a bit of a groundbreaking product for you guys and you must be able to see 
yeah. size the opportunity to be able to create not only a meaningful product that will hopefully generate profits and raise the profile of business, but actually go to do some good. Yeah, I think I think um, it goes without saying. I think what what we're doing here is, I mean, I've I've asked this question a few times. So obviously we've we've gone through two brands, but Skinny Tonic being the starting point. And if if you know if we went for a, a gin and tonic now, we you, you'd probably pay what we're in London nine well, ten we pounds. No, yeah, well maybe <laughs> double that then. So I think it would be you'd be given a double. It'd be sixteen pound for one drink. Now I've asked this question time and time again to adults with 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 children. How much do you invest in your children's refreshments weekly? And, oh yeah, we just get them fruit shoot. You know, whatever we get, it's actually eight for three quid or something like that. So that's enough. Two of them, six quid a week. Yeah, great. Do you know what's in them? Uh, yeah. What else do you give them? Yeah. That's that's where you're left. Well, it's limited on choice. It is. That's where we're left. So, so you're right. It is game changing. And what what we've done is is and it, and this has been important to me. We're not we're not trying to put a price point on this where it's unobtainable for the masses. We are pound for pound the same price as Fruit Shoot. So okay. from a retailer perspective, consumer perspective, we'll sell into the retailer for the same price. We'll give the same margins to a retailer. We'll give the same price point to the consumer. What we're doing differently is providing groundbreaking products that are available, though. So we're putting it together. What we've done great here is is we've packaged it well with emoji. So you've seen the concept, you've seen the yeah, images. Yeah, it's such an emoji. Obviously, people know what an emoji is, but yeah, I wasn't I, I mean, wasn't aware of it as an actual sort of brand and a, a, you know, a it's a an interesting thing. It's a really interesting one. So um, over thirteen billion emojis used daily. Um, you know, it's the third biggest recognized brand in the world. So it's now a language. You know, and and the children are using and communicating to each other digitally. I don't think I've ever sent an emoji. I think I've sent an emoji one emoji to my wife. I think that's that is it. I don't think I've ever sent. Uh, you probably sent me one when Liverpool won. Uh, <laughs> a thumbs up. Come on now, come on. <laughs> Apologies. Um, no, but you you know you think of, you think of this as it, it's it's the next generation. So emojis are what people are talking with now. Kids know them, um, parents know them. So what? Why we decided to do that was. Trying to try to convince a consumer that this product is, and, and make them look. So you've got to get the kid happy, and you've got to get the, the parent happy. So we, we we reference parents are basically the person that purchases it. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to get a three year old walking down Tesco's aisles and saying, you know, I'm going to buy this, but they will see it and they will want to engage with it. So okay. um, we've catered for both parts there. Um, Emojis, brilliant. I think what, what what they do and how they communicate can actually help us in our messaging. So, if you have a look at the list next time you're on your iPhone and see see all the different types of things, um, you know, there's a World Emoji Day on the 17th of July. Nice. So it's it's a big thing. You know, third biggest recognized brand in the world. That is pretty phenomenal. We've partnered uh, with them. That's a partnership then. It's a partnership. It's a seven year um, global partnership with them. Um, really really exciting from our point of view yeah. the ceo of emoji is really excited about what we're doing so we are doing something that's going to make a difference um and we, as i say earlier you know from the same price point as our competitors so it's it, you know it's a good solid proposition from us for as a business so it's got it's sustainable um to to keep that going and deliver it what i'm excited about is what i did when you tasted them you've tasted both types and i think it was it was a clear winner you know 
that's where we go back to the journey part we were talking about earlier. We've now got, in my opinion, I would like to say 10 out of 10, but I'm going to say 9 because I think there's always got to be left a little bit of room for improvement and okay. we'll keep going. But, you know, we've done a lot of tasting on this and this is a, this is a product that's going to win. Um, and it will make a big difference. You know, no no chemical sweeteners, no chemical ingredients. Um, we have stayed true with the clear and transparent ethos of the brand. Yeah. So the products, all of our products um, don't have colours in. So, you know, we've got dandelion and burdock, which you pour out and it's clear. And you think, wow, what's 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 going on there? But tab clear back in the day. I remember it well. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember it well. Um, we, we've done it for, for, for that purpose, you know, to be clear and transparent and honest. Um, I think we mentioned this once in a, in a conversation that was probably a, a little less formal. We talked about how we want to be a bit of a bridge. So we don't want to be, you know, forcing children, especially just to drink our product. Mm-hmm. We want to encourage them to hydrate more. And, and we all know water is the best way to hydrate. So rather than it being a blue or a red or a green, you know, and I want that color, I want that color. They can with the one of their senses with sight they 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 can reference oh it's the same as water hasn't got the flavor but i'm closer to water and that's that's where you know ultimately we want people to be uh, we're not a water business we never will be um but that's uh that's the the best way for us to hydrate is water um our products are always spring water only um products are based around 99.5% water so we're close um, but uh, it's a it's a it's an exciting opportunity coming our way in January. That's cool. Looking forward That's cool. to it. You've done really well. You've done really well. You mentioned then about a world emoji day. I mean, I, I think I need to get with the uh, get with the project here a little bit. But we're recording this in November, and we've just passed you. You informed me about this earlier. World Diabetes Day. Yeah. What are the, what are the current figures nationally, domestically, uh, so nationally, internationally on on diabetes? It's an interesting one. Um, it's two types of diabetes. Uh, which oft- often get confused. Yep. I mean, I'm asked, oh, God, you, you, you don't look like you've got diabetes. Is it? <laughs> what does diabetes look like? Um, in my case, type 1 is an autoimmune um, disease, so it's a critical illness. Um, it's not great. I have to regulate my, my blood sugar levels daily. Um, I have to inject myself probably four or five times a day. Historically, I've been quite ashamed of that, which sounds sad, um as i've grown older and there's more awareness people are becoming quite um proud if that's a way of describing okay. it and they're quite happy to you know share that they've got it and inject and they're not fearful you know i'd hide away to inject I'd, I'd, it was it was horrible right. um going back to the, the the numbers there's another type of diabetes called type 2 which is which is brought on by our diets so sugars you know, excessive amounts of sugars, uh, obesity. Um, go back to emoji. One in one in three children under five are, are classed as obese in the UK. Wow. It's frightening. Yeah, um, so the the numbers are the, the numbers are growing. You know, they're not they're not getting any smaller. Um, but they do put them together. Uh, UK alone, there's, there's there's over five million diabetics, um, which is which is quite alarming. Right, so we spent a bit of time, Ian, talking around the business, talking around some of those challenges that you faced. Um, you know, the large manufacturing site that you got in Liverpool, which, you know, you said, Christ, we'd get football pitch on here, and then you started putting the equipment in, and suddenly you realised, no, it wasn't probably quite as big as what you needed or what you anticipated. Talk us around the fundraising journey that you've been on, because you fundraise in a different way. You know, if you think around what 
where Zeus is and we'll look at you know IPOs and private equity and different types of investment you 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 fundraise for the business in in, in, a, in a slightly different way yeah our, our our journey's been yeah I suppose it's been different to 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 what you might know um started out very traditional so friends family um you know myself investing Some classic startup yeah yeah um and bootstrapped you know you you do what what you can it needs a bit more money we'll put a bit more in you know and, and we didn't have really a plan at that stage once it became you know an established business um with with a, a great proposition an investment proposition i was introduced to um the concept of crowdfunding um which i'd never done before uh it it, it it baffled me actually that you it kind of it seemed as simple as make a video make a, a pitch deck put it out to the masses and next minute you get loads of money absolutely not the way um it's as important if i was coming into zeus's office to mm-hmm. to do a pitch to individuals um they are they are clever people you know it's their money they've paid tax on this money they've earned the money they they don't want to lose it so it's not a gamble it's not a bet they're quite they're quite savvy most most of the investors um and the crowd what what i found what i like about it is as long as you play fair which is you know uh, what we do we 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 give them time because it's quite easy sometimes just to to get the money and then ignore and then focus on the business because people want to know we're still privately held so we don't have any um public requirements uh-huh. Um, what I like to do is engage with them, you know, okay. as often as possible. And the Seeders platform is really quite exciting. Um, it's it's as close to being uh, a public, publicly listed company trade, and you know, people can trade shares on there. Um, we've we've done three raises with them now. Okay. Um, Size of each raise, then. Uh, first one, we we targeted half a million. Okay. Uh, I think we took about one point eight million. In the end, so it was quite a significant raise. So you wanted half a million. You did one point eight. Yeah. What happens when you're oversubscribed? What happens when you get to five, four, four hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine? Uh, yeah. So you, you 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 have a plan, and then quite quickly, um, so you you, you want to execute plan A, and this is what you need to do. Then you see the momentum build, and you think, well, what could we do with this, this, and this? Uh, so we we you put in a, a ceiling limit, if you okay. like. Um, so seeing how successful that was, we then speeded up what we were going to do and hence probably why we are where we are now so in the last 12 months has been astronomical in terms of the the change of the business so i interrupt you so sorry the first round then you wanted half a million you did 1.8 second raise second raise we i think the target was 850 we did about 1.7 1.75 third third was our biggest um biggest in terms of what we wanted to raise so we targeted 5 million Mm -hmm. and we we did something like 5.3 million um, so that's what roughly about eight million total yeah, in total, yeah. Um, and I think what on the last raise we 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 didn't want to go too far into oversubscribing because we we now become a business that is is quite strong. So the idea of dilution at that valuation mm-hmm. for the, for myself and other shareholders, um, you know, why would you want to push if that's what you need? We'll take that. Um, Future rounds, then, in do you anticipate going back to the the crowd, or do you think? Uh, I think we'll all, we'll always um, financial institution be then. respectful of of the crowd. So preemption um, would you know we'd go back to the, the existing shareholders. So that's held as nominee in Cedars. Um, we we will be. I I can see potentially two or three more investment rounds 
Um, one, I think, will be will be soon, um, and that will take us to a, a position uh, come April next year, where where our business becomes significantly profitable, um, and the investment of I want to call it phase one, but it's probably phase forty two. Um, <laughs> It will we'll we'll cease investing and we'll start to make the business sweat and then um, so we'll have the canning line which is in now yeah. the bottling line that's going in um, the factory that we're in now is just just over fifty thousand square foot with mm-hmm. extensions we've put to it um, the brand house is in there the manufacturing's in there the MPDs in there um, you know all, everything will start to work. Uh, next year is a big year for us. Uh, big, big focus on brands though for next year. So, depending on where that goes, and then potential international um, distribution into the US, there might be a, a further round. Um, okay. Going to the US is, you know, is it is a great opportunity, but comes with some significant costs. I think we are coming towards the end of that sort of COVID impact, COVID hangover. But I think whilst it's still prevalent I'd be interested to see how did you guys or how were you impacted during COVID um, I, I don't know whether this is a good thing or a bad thing to say because you know there's been some some real sad stories with, with COVID um, personally myself as an individual I was high risk um, mm-hmm. with being diabetic but uh, I, I firmly believe that COVID has influenced our business um, in a, an extremely positive way um, and I think it's down to the attitude of the people that worked for the business and how we conducted ourselves you know, respectfully of the rules yep. um, but there was so much opportunity and if you think back to Toilet Roll Gate um, you know, there, was, there was a lot of uh, panic buys and sh- uh, supply chain issues uh, it gave us an opportunity uh, in all honesty to, to enter the market cool um, I thought it was going to be two weeks like everyone else did, yeah. you know, and we'll be back in work. It wasn't. Um, we're still in it, aren't we, really? You know, we're, yeah. we're it's a lot more relaxed, but it's still still, still around. So people are still getting COVID. Um, we went from a business that didn't have a website and an, or an Amazon store to in about four weeks, we were number one, number two, number three, number five best-selling tonics in the UK, number one best-selling ginger. We were doing 15,000 orders a week uh, it was it was frightening uh, just how quick it grew. That allowed us then to build consumer base, get the the information that we wanted, communicate to our our. It was it was almost like it was a great big um, exercise of collecting information and feedback to okay. then use that information to get to where we are today. And we've we have we've listened. We've done a lot of work, a lot of R and D, um, a lot of new product development, existing product development, and, and where we are now, is, I think, is because of what happened with COVID. Nice. Uh, if that didn't happen, we might not be sat here having the same conversation, you know, working with Lidl now, working with M&S. Uh, the opportunities have come our way because of COVID, I think. Right. Final, well, question or two, I suppose. End of the podcast. Um, for this season, we've got two questions that we finish the po- each podcast on. Um a little bit on, on the spot. Who is your icon? And I'm slightly un- nervous on what the answer to this could well be, given your um, football team a choice. But <laughs> hopefully it's a business um, answer rather than a sports one. But who's your icon? It can be any walk of life. Um, and then what would you say to 
21, 23 year old Ian when you find out you had diabetes to, to sort of what you can look back at now in terms of what you've yeah. grown. So your, your, your icon, and what would you say to your younger self? Icon, I, I, you know, I've, I haven't really got an icon as such. Oh, thank God for that. Um, I thought you were going to go for something in red. From a football perspective, <laughs> um, I'd probably say it was John Barnes. Um, which might surprise you, but uh, growing up he was yeah, he, he was just Good something player. else, wasn't he? He was a he was a player that had it all. Um, I still think he's, he he has. Uh, I think I, I played against him actually probably about five Jan, six Jan years ago. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but he he was a player. He he was a great guy. Um, I think my icon. Uh, we, it's a weird one, I think, because it might you might not expect it. But one of the best things I ever had was my father. Um, luckily I still have him but uh, he gave me everything I could possibly want as a as a child growing up and the best thing the best thing I got from him was time I still get it which is great I think it's absolutely invaluable um, love that well done so uh, that's 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 my icon John Barnes and my dad um, <laughs> younger self younger self I think I mean question would be what would I say to myself I think um, I've enjoyed growing as a diabetic, I think I've enjoyed my life. I haven't. It hasn't restricted me as much as I first thought. Um, I was petrified the first yeah. time I, I I had to inject. It took me eight hours to do it. Um, uh, it's not that hard, you know. Um, what I'd probably say to my younger self though is don't don't let anything stop you. You know, anyone that's twenty three today, I'd encourage go and see the world. You know, go and see more. I've I've probably stayed too close to home so as a tourist i've seen quite a lot of the world but not the true you know staying in a hotel versus actually seeing what's going on around i wish i'd have done that um i didn't go to uni um maybe i, I would have tried harder in school a little, but you know it hasn't worked out too bad so far that's good well you got you got 48 hours in london you can do some sightseeing yeah all <laughs> <laughs> well, work i'm afraid yeah. yeah ian thank you for taking the time to visit us thank you for um accepting to do some video content for us as well pleasure um, it's been a pleasure having you on the Found and Achieve podcast thanks Paul this content is issued by Zeus Capital Limited which is authorised and regulated in the United Kingdom by the Financial Conduct Authority for Designated Investment Business and is a member firm of the London Stock Exchange nothing in this podcast should be viewed as investment advice listeners should consult an investment professional before making any decisions regarding topics mentioned in this podcast the views expressed in this podcast are those of the participants and not of Zeus. Please note that participants in this podcast may have financial interests in the matters discussed.